This is the NFL Draft Triple Take with Mike Prezuta, Dale Lawley, and Matt Williamson from Steelers Nation Radio and Steelers.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NFL Draft Triple Take here on Steelers.com. I'm Mike Prezuta from Steelers.com and the Steelers Radio Network, joined uh, by Dale Lawley of SNR and Matt Williamson of SNR. You can hear both of those guys on the drive on Steelers.com. We have been working our way through the prospective draft ease, uh, the draft coming up the first round, scheduled for April the 23rd, and we've been taking you through it position by position today. We're looking at the inside linebackers, the -the off-the-ball linebackers, the guys who are actually called linebackers as opposed to edge, that new term that has come into vogue in the last couple of years. And Matt Williamson, uh, you can call this whatever you want, but these guys are hard to find, aren't they? Uh, Guys that can cover the way you have to cover in today's NFL but still play the run. Yeah, it's an interesting time for these guys. I mean, because there's some philosophies out there that I'm just going to cut corners here, use mid-round picks, keep cycling through them. But then you have the situation where the Steelers were in after Ryan Shazier went down and that area gets picked on by short and intermediate quarterbacks. And that's a problem. So there's a question of what should you pay for a top guy the Steelers were a perfect case example of going up to get Bush last year, and I don't think anyone's too unhappy about that. And, Dale, you can find those top guys. They're there in every class, but usually there's only a couple of them. Yeah, and, and the other interesting thing that's happened at the position in recent years, guys, is, is that we've seen a lot of teams take safeties, uh, guys who are bigger safeties, like a Mark Barron who was a safety in college, and you make him a, a, a linebacker because of his coverage ability. Uh, so we see, we're seeing – uh, a, a shift back to lighter inside linebackers or off-ball linebackers, guys in that 220, 225-pound range where, you know, back in the day, if you remember, Mike, uh, 20 years ago when you had LeVon Kirkland and Chad Brown in the middle and they're both 250-plus pounders, in the case of Kirkland, 280 pounds at times. <laughs> um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, teams want the guys that can run and cover. Yeah, I think LeVon might have been 280 in junior high. I'm not sure what, <laughs> I'm not sure what he played at. But he played that old school position as well about as you wanted anybody to play it. Just get in there and stop the run and bang and be be a disruptor. Now you got to be so much more. Let's uh, take a look at this year's list. Uh, we've got 10 of them for you today on NFL Draft Triple Take. And as always, we'll work uh, from 10 down to 1. And these guys are hard enough to find that we've all three got a different candidate at number 10. Dale, uh, you settled on the tackling machine from Cal, Evan Weaver. Yeah, I, I mean, he – you know, when I watched him play, I, I just – I looked at him, I said, that kid's like Tyler Matikiewicz. Um, makes every play on the field. Uh, might be a little bit faster, actually. Uh, but he is he is just a heady player, n- uh, never out of position. Uh, just makes every play that's there available to him. And, and I like – I could see where coaches would look at that kid and say, hey, I just want that kid. He's just a football player. You know, I watched, uh, I watched him in the Senior Bowl, and uh, there was a play that really got my attention. The D-tackle in front of him was misaligned, so he ran up to the line and did what he could to help physically move the guy, and then still got back into his drop and ended up a bit, about a three-yard completion over the middle, but he was right there on the tight end to make the tackle. Maybe not the most gifted guy physically, but, boy, that production's just hard to ignore, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Uh, and like I said, just a heady player, knows where to be at. It's almost like he's another coach on the field, to your point. Speaking of uh, converted safeties, Matt, uh, you're, uh, you're feeling the muse from Clemson. <laughs> yeah, this guy is a big safety that tested extremely well at the Combine. Obviously, a lot of athletes on that Clemson defense. At a minimum, I think he's a great special teamer, which doesn't say a lot about the bottom of this list. These last three or four on the list, I don't know our long-term starters in this league. So I figured let's just add this guy as a puzzle piece to the defense, let him fly around the ball on the second level. Maybe he can develop into somebody that can match up with tight ends, but he's a projection. Yeah, you've got the Tanner Muse of Clemson, number 10. Dale's got Evan Weaver of Cal, number 10. Uh, I've got Joe Bocci of Michigan State, number 10. And, Shocker. Uh, yeah, I know you guys are going to uh, think I'm influenced by the old alma mater, but I, I will say this. What, Matt, what you just said about the bottom of the list, I take the heart. Uh, it, it's not hard to get on this list. It's hard, hard yeah. to find 10, you know what I mean? Uh, right. Joe Bocci's a guy I've seen play just about every game. He played his college career, and he's an old-school physical guy. He's an old-school playmaker. I like him uh, like a Matikiewicz type. Put him in there, wind him up, let him go run around on teams, and if you have to play him on B, he's not going to get you killed. I've got Evan Weaver at number nine. Uh, Dale and I talked about him uh, pretty extensively. But, Matt, uh, you've got Troy Dye, Troy Dye excuse me, of Oregon as your number 10 guy. Uh, you're in the uh, Pac-12 church, but a different pew. <laughs> yeah, another guy that's undersized, but he's a tall, lean, angular type of guy that looks like he might be able to match up on the Evan Ingrams of the world. Uh, fluid hips, runs well. Not a take-on player, though. I mean, think of him almost more as a big safety. And uh, moving down to number eight, uh, you and I are in agreement for the first time on this list. We've both got Logan Wilson of Wyoming as our eighth uh, off the ball ILE prospect. And I like him. I mean, he's a good football player. He's a little bit of a throwback to me. And there's a couple of those. He's a big, well-built guy, downhill player. Um, this combine numbers were, were pretty good. I mean, that shocked me a little bit and super productive at Wyoming. Uh, maybe he comes in and plays better than projected, but I mean, he looks like a mid-round guy. Yeah, I think when you get to this point on the list at this position, you're almost looking for reasons to put a guy in that uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 spot. And mm -hmm. I like I like Wilson's production. I like that he was a three-year captain. Uh, if you got to find some intangibles down the toward the later rounds or the end of the draft, why not? Uh, Dale, you're number eight, uh, Davion Taylor of Colorado. Uh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a safety. He's built like a safety, I should say. Uh, six foot, 228. Uh, but he hits like a linebacker. And the thing that's interesting about him, he was a state champion sprinter at, in Mississippi. Um, and they, they put out some pretty good athletes in Mississippi. So, you know, you're it's looking better at – better than being a state champ in Nebraska, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. Or right. Wyoming, for that matter. Right. You know, I, this guy can run. Uh, you know, he can kind of be that, that, uh, that, that bulked-up uh, safety-type size guy that a lot of teams are looking for. And I, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that will throw his body around as well. You know, can he hold up? Who knows? But, again, at number eight, much like you guys, I'm looking at guys, okay, can this guy be a solid special teams player, maybe get in the, on the field in passing downs, those kind of things. I think uh, he's that kind of guy. Dale, you've got uh, Troy Dye of Oregon at uh, seven. Anything Matt missed about him that you'd like to uh, point out? 
No, I mean, just, uh, again, what you're looking for there, 6'3", 231. He's very much like my number nine guy, Justin Strenad, out of uh, Wake Forest, who was 6'3", 238. Uh, you know, those are the kind of guys that you're getting now. You either get the, these little guys who are, uh, you know, the, the bulked-up safeties, or you get a, a rangier, lankier type of uh, linebacker who's, you know, 10 years ago they would have told him, hey, we need you to put on 15 pounds. Now they're telling these guys, hey, we want you in that 230-pound in that range. That's and a, there seems like a real theme here. There's a lot of guys that are going to be core special teamers at a minimum, maybe a dime linebacker if everything goes pretty well, and maybe if they hit, they're a rangy guy that gets it. That was a good, uh, good adjustment by Dale a moment ago. I didn't realize I skipped over his number nine, Justin Stranod. But like a good off-the-ball linebacker, Dale came off his guy and went to where the play <laughs> needed to be made. So we get that kind of an intuition going. Uh, this is going to be a good draft class. Uh, number seven, uh, Dale's guy was Die of Oregon. And Matt and I are in agreement again. Uh, Malik Harrison of the Ohio State University. Matt, I feel like uh, for a number of years now, I don't care what position or what round, you can look at Ohio State and find somebody. Yeah, you absolutely can. And he's a bigger body guy, really looks the part. I mean, I could kind of see him – kind of a K.J. Wright on the ball, Sam, traditional linebacker, maybe up at the line of scrimmage, maybe off the ball. Seems to do his best work coming downhill. Good blitzer. Combine performance was a little better than expected. Seems to be getting a little better every year. So his best days might be ahead. Yeah, pretty athletic for a big guy. Yeah. And, uh, another one of those guys at Ohio State, you got to kind of wait your turn, and then you get one shot at it a lot of times to be a starter, and then it's, uh, it's time to move on. Uh, I, I thought uh, he did a lot of things well for Ohio State. Maybe nothing great, but a lot of things well. And that's, uh, that's never a bad thing. Uh, moving up to number six. And, uh, Matt, we'll keep it with you here. Jordan Brooks of Texas Tech. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of buzz about him. And I bet he goes probably a little higher than I had him ranked. Um, just have some concerns as a cover guy. I mean, I'd have to see more. I'm just not that sold that he's a great cover guy. But he does run well, highly productive, great experience, uh, considered a team leader. Uh, I think there's a chance he ends up being a second-day guy. Yeah, I have Jordan Brooks number six as well. I was impressed. He showed up to the combine fresh from labrum surgery, or labrum surgery, excuse me, and uh, he wanted to run. He, he didn't want to. Didn't want to no-show the combine, even though he was still rehabbing and uh, ran pretty well. Uh, Dale, you're, uh, at, you have Logan Wilson at number six. Uh, we've hit him pretty hard. It's going to start to uh, arrive with a little more clarity now as we get into the top five. And uh, my number five, Dale's number five, and Matt's number five. Uh, we just hit the triple sevens <laughs> on the slot machine. Uh, Akeem Davis Gaither of Appalachian State. Dale, why don't you lead off the discussion about him? Yeah, you know, watching this kid play, I, I had to, you know, when you look at small school linebackers like this, the, the first thing that kind of kind of came to my mind was Greg Lloyd. Um, and I'm not saying he's Greg Lloyd, but he's got that same similar size and, and kind of that same attitude uh, that he brings to the game. Uh, he runs around, he'll hit, uh, you know, he's again, six, one, two twenty four. So he's not the biggest guy, but man, he throws his body around and, uh, he, he just, uh, he's just a football player. Well, Aggressive. Matt, you're the, yeah. of the group. Is it, 
Appalachian or Appalachian? Uh, whatever you prefer. Okay. <laughs> I'll probably upset some people from there. Maybe we should ask Mr. Gaither and, uh, and, and, and call it whatever he wants because I don't <laughs> right. want to be hit by him. Believe me, that's the last school I want to offend because I, I have great respect for that program. But uh, I, I kind of agree with Dale's take, Matt. This, this is a guy that looks like uh, the best is uh, yet to come because of the perceived versatility. Yeah, I think he's a step up from some of those – Obviously, eight, nine, tens on our list that fit this mold in terms of size, speed, combination. I think he's further along as a football player. But still, you don't want him taking on guards and fullbacks in the hole all day either. I mean, he's a space player that does have an attitude that Dale mentioned. I mean, he's all over the place. Dale, you've got uh, Malik Harrison from uh, Ohio State, uh, fourth on your list. Uh, Matt, you went with the guy that uh, Dale and I both ignored uh, and uh, Dale I'm assuming uh, your decision not to include William Gate Jr. from Mississippi State was because of all the off the field red flags that uh, sprang up as was mine but Matt you really like this guy I do um, I haven't sat down with him and had dinner with him or well, I would say I'd have him babysit my kids but uh, apparently his quote off the field issues were some sort of indiscrepancy about the legitimacy of some test taking. I can overlook that if he can run and hit on Sundays. And uh, 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 allegedly, he uh, he punched out his quarterback after not such a great performance. So I just look at that as a, a case of extreme competitiveness. Uh, you know, he just wants to win. <laughs> <laughs> the guy might have earned it, might have deserved it. That is extreme. Yeah, punching the quarterback. <laughs> That might be a little over the line. Dale, help me out here. I, I looked at this guy. I, I, yeah, I can't get past the fact that he started like six career games and, and, and was one of the top uh, inside line or one of the top linebacker recruits in the country. And he started six games in his career. And when I turned the tape on of him, yeah, he's fast and he's physical and all that stuff, but he has no idea what he's doing. I he's mean, all he over runs the around like a chicken with his head cut off, overruns plays. I, I mean, I see the physical attributes, and I wanted to put him on this list somewhere, but I just couldn't do it. Here's what I couldn't get past. If you punch the punter in the face or the <laughs> kicker, I mean, who hasn't who has wanted to hit one of those guys, right? Or, or you know, Kevin Quarterback, Kevin you, can't, you can't punch the quarterback. You can punch Kevin Gilbride, too. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, fourth on my list, Patrick Queen. From LSU, uh, we'll be uh, getting to him. You guys uh, have him a little bit higher than I do. Matt's got him at number three. And, uh, Dale, you've got him all the way up at number two. I'm impressed. You're really impressed. Why don't you take the floor on Patrick Queen? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not quite uh, Devin Bush or Devin White from last season. But, you know, he just makes plays. He's all over the field. Uh, he's, he's a little bit undersized at six foot, 229. Again, there's that, there's that similar size. Uh, but, you know, he's what you want in terms of, of coverage ability, uh, who can still stop the run. And, I, I, you know, a guy who played on a national championship team, I know he's played in big games uh, and performed well in big games. So I, I, I had him a little bit higher than, than maybe some other people. And, Mike, you mentioned how Ohio State guys have to wait their turn. Well, Queen absolutely had to wait his turn. They've had a lot of loaded – uh, athletic off-the-ball linebackers there over the years. And another note about him, I think it's intriguing, he's by far the youngest of this group. So after coming off such a big year, maybe he's really just starting to hit a stride. 
Yeah, you mentioned that in your write-up. You, you like uh, the guy uh, that uh, maybe doesn't have a ton of experience, but is still moldable. Uh, you, you get the raw, uh, the raw material, so to speak, but it's not quite a finished product. Right, and if he would have been at App State or Mississippi State, I'm sure he would have started more than one year. And you know, he just kind of got stuck there. And it was such a great year on a national title team. A lot of big games, like Dale said. And you're not going to turn 21 until, you know, right before your rookie season. I think that's pretty appealing for what he might be year four, year five. Yeah, as far as I know, I did some research on this guy. I haven't seen him uh, to have allegedly uh, hit a quarterback at all. So I think uh, he's got that against him. Well, he's hit quarterbacks, but he just hasn't punched his own quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would have flew too well at LSU. <laughs> uh, number three on my list. Uh, now, this guy is – he could go a uh, number of places, but uh, I took Zach Vaughn in Wisconsin. I know that he rushed a lot off the edge, but he also played a lot off the ball. I, I think you, you have him cover when you need him to, and you can use him as a rusher when you want him to. Uh, Dale, you've got uh, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, number three. Uh, Matt's got uh, Patrick Queen at number three and Murray at number two. Uh, Murray's also my number two. I think we're all in agreement that Kenneth Murray uh, in addition to having one of the great stories off the field, uh, really a character guy, uh, but what a player. Uh, Matt, why don't, you, why don't you start us off on Murray? Yeah, I was really torn between Murray and Queen, and they both look like they could be in the bottom third of the first round in that neighborhood. There's a lot of potential landing spots. Murray's a little more physical, in my opinion. But it did worry me a little bit. I didn't see him getting his hands on footballs very often as a coverage player, which which worried me a little bit. Um, he's also a little bigger than Queen. Yeah, that was kind of my when I when I look at him. I, I to your point, I didn't see him getting his hands on a lot of footballs in in coverage and no career interceptions. Only six career pass defenses, including four last year. Uh, but. Yeah, he's a football player. He's, he's good. And to Mike's point about his backstory, if people aren't uh, aware of that, uh, he has three uh, adopted uh, younger uh, siblings who are all special needs people. So, uh, you know, he, he's spent time, uh, you know, working with uh, uh, some trials and tribulations in his personal life. And uh, he's a good football player. Uh, but I just don't know. To me, I, I just like Queen a little bit better. They're yeah, all he was in the first round. I mean, these top three guys. Staying with Murray, uh, two-time captain at Oklahoma. And uh, Peter Schrager told a great story at the Combine. Uh, the teams, you know, they, they bring these guys in and they ask them, what are we going to get from you? And his response, Murray's response, uh, according to what one team told Peter Schrager, he said, I was born to lead. I'll, mm -hmm. uh, I'll take that and run with it. Uh, but as impressive as uh, Murray's story is, uh, there's nobody, maybe in this draft, quite like Isaiah Simmons of Clemson, who is uh, topping uh, all of our lists at the off-the-ball linebacker. And guys, are we in agreement? Maybe not the best player in the draft, but the most versatile. You could play this guy four or five positions, could you not, Dale? Yeah, you know, I, I looked at him and I'm like, man, this is like watching uh, Derwin James and a, a cross between Derwin James and Devin Bush or Devin White uh, because he's, he's got linebacker size – but, man, he can cover, and he's, he's, you know. The thing that struck me when I saw Derwin James in person, I remember seeing him down at the, the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. I'm like, that guy's a physical freak. Uh, you know, when you see – when you think about him playing safety, it's like 6'3", 220 pounds. 
that's what Isaiah Simmons is. And then you watch him at the combine go through all the drills and like, ah, man, he's just a chess piece that you could put all over the place and it would really work out for you. Um, you know, these are the kind of guys, these are, these are the kind of game changing players that you're looking for when you're drafting some of these guys that you can use in different spots all over the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the people don't realize. I'm sorry. What's that? Is he in the right spot at the off the ball back or you like him somewhere else? Yes. And I'll get to that in one minute, but people don't realize, I mean, he was six, three and five, eight, two thirty eight, ran under a four, four has by far the biggest wingspan of all these linebackers. Like it's an amazing body type combination of talents. And people will say things like, yeah, Simmons is a really good blitzer. Well, that's selling him short. I mean, he could flat out line up on the edge and rush the passer down after right. down and be highly effective. You know, he can play deep middle center field and not be exposed. I mean, it's pretty crazy. My reservation is, though, we've seen some of these guys. And, like, Miles Jack isn't in this level, but he was similar in that, oh, he could play slot corner. Whoever drafts him, though, better have a plan. You know, when it's first and 10 against base personnel, where does he line up every snap? I mean, just throwing him in there and say, you're going to do something different, snap after snap after snap, is easy for us to sit here and say into a laptop, but it isn't necessarily on Sunday afternoon. So where is that spot? To me, he's a linebacker. I mean, to me, he's a second-level player, and the more comfortable he gets, the more assignments I'm going to give him differently. Hey, we're playing Carolina this week. You're playing man coverage against Christian McCaffrey. Better example, Baltimore's coming to town. You're our Lamar spy. Yeah, so, to Matt's point, Mike, you know, he's a guy – I want him as close to the ball as possible uh, because I think he's a playmaker. And I think if you, if you used him at deep safety or something like that, yes, he would be good. But I don't know that he would be as effective as he is if you, if you put him within five yards of the line of scrimmage and just allow him to, to go get the ball. Yeah, and particularly in the middle or close to the middle. Mm -hmm. Be able to get just about anywhere in the blink of an eye. Matt, you, you mentioned my only reservation. And I'm wondering, is it a rule when you get into scouting? Do they tell you you always have to have at least one reservation? Because I look at this guy and just say, draft him. I don't have any reservation <laughs> on Isaiah Simmons. I think he's Superman. Uh, is that? Are you just following protocol, or do you really have a reservation? Not much of a reservation. <laughs> I, my worry was just don't give him too much too early. I mean, I don't know what his, his football intelligence is, but adjusting the league is hard enough as it is. Just don't assume that he's going to come in the league and play slot corner, free safety, edge rusher, inside linebacker, and nickelbacker for you, every, you know, week one. Fair, fair yeah, point. The other point, the other problem with when you, you, you do that is all the other guys around him have to adjust to that as well. Right. And so that makes it a problem. But he's certainly capable of doing all those things. Yeah, and he might be capable of just putting him in the middle and saying, go get the ball. Yep. So that's a good plan. They throw it over your head, go chase it down. <laughs> if they hand it to somebody in front of you, go tackle them. If the quarterback keeps it, decide whether you want to take it away or just go <laughs> knock them down. Uh, this, this, guy's, this guy's a keeper. Uh, top five pick, right? Yeah, he should be. Probably. I mean, it just depends how it lays out. I mean, I think the Giants will be torn between him and a tackle, but if there's two quarterbacks in the top five and Chase Young and Akuda, maybe he falls to seven, but – I mean, top five talent. Yeah, he's not going to have to wait long. Uh, that'll do it for our uh, inside linebackers uh, segment. Uh, we want to remind you that we will be bringing you NFL Draft Triple Take uh, here on Steelers.com 
throughout the uh, days leading up to April the 23rd. We're working our way through it position by position. In the meantime, uh, you can catch all of us uh, at various places, including uh, Steelers.com and SNR for Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pasuda. Thanks for tuning in to NFL Draft Triple Take here on Steelers.com.